Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway starts our Easter series called Forever and talks about how the love of Jesus is bigger than our doubts. We look in John chapters 18 and 20, where Peter and Thomas had doubts about Jesus. Dallas encourages us to talk with God, ask others, and look for answers when we have doubts. And to remember that just because we doubt and have questions doesn't mean we are out. It doesn't mean we aren't a Christian. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, Well, happy Palm Sunday once again to you guys. Does anybody know? So this is the beginning of Holy Week. Does anybody know what Holy Week is? There's the first question to throw to the crowd. Anybody? Yes? Yeah, per- that, that's perfect. This is like, arguably, this is the most important week uh, in our faith, the most important week in the life of Jesus. Palm Sunday was the day when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, and people are waving or, or placing palms in front of Jesus as he goes or, or, or by his sides as he rides this, not like a, a sweet car or an awesome camel or a, a, a big war horse, but while he rides a donkey uh, into Jerusalem. This is, this is when people would have been welcoming him in, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, right? And as Jesus is coming down. So that's, that's what Palm Sunday is. And it begins this whole week that starts on a Sunday and in some ways felt like an end on Friday when Jesus is crucified. That's Good Friday. And then uh, a few days later, next Sunday would have, would have been when he would uh, rise again. So it's a little bit longer than a week. It's kind of like an eight-day week. That's what makes it part of what makes it super special maybe. But, but this is Holy Week. And in the middle of that are things like uh, the Last Supper that we read about. Uh, moments when uh, Peter cuts off a dude's ear in a moment of, of like passion, excitement. I'm going to stand up for uh, for Jesus in this moment. Uh, there's the moment where Jesus is betrayed by, by Judas and sold off for some coins eventually uh, to be crucified on the cross. There's obviously the whole, uh, whole time where Jesus is putting the cross literally on his back and having to carry his own uh, death device up a hill. There's the moment where the crown of thorns is placed on his head. All of those things that we read about in many of the chapters from the scripture, you might think like, oh man, that, that happened like over a long period of time, didn't it? It happened in the span of just a few days, in, in the span of a week. And interestingly enough, you know, Palm Sunday kind of starts this triumphal entry. Everybody's so excited to see Jesus. And then in just a week's time, less than a week from Sunday to Friday, some of those same people are the ones calling for him to be murdered, crucified for his death right? When they just were a few days earlier shouting praises to him. It's interesting how, how quickly we change our minds or, or our attitudes towards certain things. So this is, this is Holy Week. Why is that a big deal for you and for me? Well, number one, if this week didn't happen, if Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection did not happen, then there would be no point for us to be here. There just wouldn't. Like, we wouldn't need to be meeting in churches. We wouldn't need to be calling ourselves Christians because the whole thing wouldn't, wouldn't exist. This is the crux, if you will, or the center of our faith is many of the events that, the events that happened this week and specifically what Jesus did on the cross, giving his life for you and for me so that our, our sins would be forgiven and we would have a way to be with God forever, forever. 
So this, this week, this week, what I want to encourage you to do, and maybe some of your families are really good at it. I know mine was not the best at it. We attended church for Easter, and we did the Good Friday services, and we, we did kind of the normal <clears throat> church things. But, but we, never, we never spent time as a family, uh, like, actually thinking about, hey, the events that happened this week, thinking and talking about things like Palm Sunday and uh, like reading through the Last Supper. And so maybe your family does things like that, or maybe it, it might be on you a little bit this week too. In your, your times alone, what, what would happen if you made space to remember these moments that so much of our faith is, is built on? And specifically when we get together next week, Maybe some of you guys will be here for Good Friday, or uh, hopefully many of you will be here for Easter, remembering Jesus's sacrifice, death on the cross, and on Sunday, getting to celebrate his resurrection. So this is the beginning of, of Holy Week, a, a very crucial uh, part of our, of our faith. And this morning, we're going to uh, keep talking a little bit about some of the events that happened during Holy Week, and you can, so you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 18. Um, so, a little more on a lighthearted note. Have you guys ever had a friend that after some conversations with them, not that they were like trying to, you know, say anything really terrible or anything, but after some of the things they would tell you, you started to realize, I don't know that I can trust everything that this person is saying. Have you guys ever had a friend like that? And here's, here's what I mean. Like, here's, here's how it kind of played out in my life. <clears throat> so, Many of you know I'm a pretty big fan of, of video games. I still play some video games from time to time. And growing up especially, like, I played way too many video games probably. And I, I had friends who, like, we would get excited together about the newest game coming out, okay? It's almost like the way some of you might get excited about, you know, The Mandalorian coming out to uh, Disney Plus or a new Marvel thing. Or maybe you get excited about uh, a, a new book. Maybe that's your exciting thing for you. Or whatever it is, like, when something new comes out and you're like, I can't wait to, to read it, to see it, to listen to it, uh, to, to, what, to whatever. Like, you're just so excited. And for me, that thing when I, when I was younger was video games. And so we would, we would talk about it. We'd try, try to watch videos about it. We didn't really have YouTube back then, if you, can, uh, if you can handle that. Man, what did we do with our lives? I don't know. I still don't know. But, but we'd get so excited about it. And inevitably, we always had this one friend who was like, oh, man, I've already played it. And we're like, you What? But, but it doesn't come out for another month. How have you played it? And he's like, well, my dad, right? Like, my dad works for Xbox, or my dad works for Nintendo, and I've played the French version. And we're like, whoa, right? We're, we're amazed at first, and we're like, dude, do you even speak French? And, and this friend, you know, of course, well, I do now, right? Like, I do after playing this game. I'm fluent. Uh, so they, they always had this story about how they got the game early, and we're just amazed by it. And, and they would kind of tell you a little bit about it, but it was vague enough that when you play the game, you're like, oh, that's what they were talking about, even though they really had no idea, right? And after a few times of, of this friend telling me, yeah, I've played the game early, eventually I started to do my own research and realized, like, Dude, this game comes out in America before it comes out in France, right? Or, or this, this game, there's no chance that, that your dad, even if he worked for this company, would be able to get you that game early. And you start to realize, maybe I can't really trust everything this friend says. Do you, do you guys have friends like that? 
I mean, it really would be like before The Mandalorian or whatever your favorite series is, your friend says, yeah, my dad works for that company, right? Or my mom works for that company, and so I've already seen it. And they start to kind of tell you some things like, he wears armor, right? Or uh, there's a lightsaber. And you're like, whoa, really? And, and then you watch it. But after a while, you start to realize, I think I need to take the things that this person is saying with a grain of salt. Maybe they are just kind of trying to make me think a little bit more of them than, than actually is the case. And whether you, you called it this or not, in some ways, you, you had some questions. You started to have some doubts about the things that this person tells you. And I, I have uh, been in that boat with, with many friends and eventually had to say, hey, dude, you're not telling the truth. <laughs> and, and it's okay. Like, you don't, have to, you don't have to impress me. You don't have to do these things. But we, we have doubts and questions about things that our friends tell us when eventually they start to seem far-fetched. Uh, we, we have doubts and, and questions about some of the things now that, that we see on TV or in the media or that our politicians say. Or maybe, maybe for you, unfortunately, it's not your, your friend that you now have doubts and questions about the things they tell you, but, but maybe for you, it's a, it's a family member, right? Like, you're, you're not quite sure if you can completely trust this, this family member anymore because over and over again, they show themselves to maybe not be super, super trustworthy. You have doubts and, and questions. And maybe for you, that, that goes even deeper or further than, than family. And some of you, especially after the year we've had, right? You think about the, the pandemic, you, like coronavirus, you think about some of the racial tensions in our culture. You think about some of the things that you personally or that your family has been through that are really tough. And maybe for you, some of those doubts and questions are starting uh, to come up when you think about God. And maybe you're looking at the world around you and you're like, man, if God really is good, then why do these things keep happening? Maybe you've had that, that question over the last year. Maybe for you, the doubts and questions actually come up when, when you're struggling with some internal things, right? With maybe with some, some sin issues. And you're, you're wondering like, okay, Holy Week, it's about this lead up to the cross, Jesus' sacrifice, forgiving all of my sins, coming back, rising from the dead, victory, sin is defeated, the grave is defeated, but I still struggle with this sin, whatever that thing is for you. And maybe you've starting to have questions or just wonderings about why, why? If, if I'm a Christian, if God is real, if Jesus really did forgive my sins on the cross, then why do I still struggle with it? There's a, a lot of reasons that you may have thoughts or questions or, or even we may call them doubts about, is God really who he says he is? Is this really true? I know it. I've been there. I've had plenty of those questions and doubts and thoughts and had to wrestle them to the ground and go back and forth with God. And there are still many questions that I don't even know if it's going to be on my mind to ask any of those questions because heaven's going to be so ridiculous. But there's things that I would, if God were here right now, I'd really like to ask him, what do you, what do you say about this, God? Some questions, some doubts. So what do we do with those? What do we do with those when they come up? How do we wrestle them to the ground? Should we, is it even okay for us to have questions and doubts? These are some of the things we're going to talk about this morning. And we're going to look at a few uh, uh, moments during Holy Week, right? One of them was actually kind of right after Holy Week, uh, in fact, a week later. And, and we're going to see that you, you and I are, are not alone, 
Hopefully you realize that already right off the bat. But if you've had thoughts, questions, doubts about God, about our faith, what it is that we believe, there's many people in this room who have had those same thoughts. Maybe you just haven't talked with them about it. I mentioned that I've had questions and doubts, and there, there are people in the Bible who had some of those as, as well. So what do, we, what do we do with that? Is it okay that we, we have these? Where should we take them? Let's see some of those moments for people in the scriptures. And one of them is a guy that you know really, really well. His name is Peter. Uh, John chapter 18, verse 17. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. He's talking about Jesus, right? Or th- this girl is asking him about Jesus. Are you one of this man's disciples? And Peter says, I'm not. Wait, but, but you are. Verse 18, now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. See, here's this situation that Peter's in. Jesus has just been arrested. He's going right now before this guy called the high priest. And uh, the, the disciple John is able to, to go in. He's able to get in to, uh, to the quarters where all this stuff was happening. Peter's kind of standing outside. And this girl who's standing by the door letting people in and out, most likely, uh, she says, hey, so it's, it's really just a casual question. Hey, so are you, are you one of his disciples? And Peter, he's... Apparently, he's still unsure about who Jesus is because now things are starting to fall apart for him. Maybe that's how you felt a little bit this year. He thought that, that Jesus was this guy who was going was to save them, was going to rule and reign and conquer and eventually become the new king. But now Jesus has just been arrested and things aren't going like, like Peter thought they should or like he thought they would. He's struggling. He's, he's wrestling. And before this, before this interaction with the girl, Jesus actually said, like he, he told Peter. So Peter should have known. He should have seen this coming. You're going to deny me three times. You know, Peter's probably thinking, no, not me. Like I'm one of the, I'm one of the good guys. And yet in this moment with this girl asking just a, a regular question, she wasn't trying to get him in trouble from what we see in, in these verses. She wasn't trying to like trap him or pin him. But there was this wrestling going on with Peter where, hey, things aren't going like I thought they would. Maybe, maybe this isn't really what I thought it was, or maybe Jesus isn't who I thought he was. And so he denies, he denies Jesus in front of this little girl saying, no, I, I don't even know him. Peter, one of the guys who was a crucial part, the rock of starting the early church, He, even this late in the game, just a few days before before Jesus' death, resurrection, those things would happen. Peter is denying Jesus to a young lady. If you flip over in John chapter 20, the crucifixion has already happened at this point. So Friday's come and gone, and some people go to visit the tomb on Sunday. They're going to the tomb to, uh, to check it out, to wrap Jesus, to give him really a proper burial because there was not enough time beforehand to give him a proper burial. And, you know, part of, part of this is kind of interesting. Like, you would think that Peter or the, some of the people, Mary Magdalene, that we're about to see in this passage, you would think, like, I mean, okay, but it, it, I wouldn't have any doubts and questions if I just saw Jesus right here with me, right? 
Like if I saw the miracles, if I heard the things that he was saying, if I saw the crucifixion, for sure, like I would know, like all my questions, all my doubts would be answered, would be settled. But Peter was a guy who went three years just about with Jesus, seeing all of those things. And right before Jesus is crucified, he still doesn't quite get it. He still has some questions, has some doubts. He still has this wrestling. And then a few days later, when these people go to the tomb, they, the dots still haven't connected for them yet either. Chapter 20, we're going to read the first 10 verses. It says, Now on the first day of the week, that was on Sunday, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. You see what she thinks? So Jesus, multiple times, had said, Hey, I'm going to die, but I'm, I'm going to come back. He, he literally, he prophesied. He was saying, This is how it's going to go down. This is what's going to happen. But when Mary gets to the tomb, when she sees that it's rolled away, when she sees that there's no body in there, she thinks that Jesus' body has been stolen. Her first reaction isn't, oh, Jesus, the, the things that he said have come true. No, her first reaction is somebody must be tricking us, fooling us, or doing something to Jesus' body. So she runs to the disciples. See, she's still doesn't quite get it. And she tells him what's happened. So verse 3, Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. The other disciple here was most likely John. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their home. So remember, just a little while ago, Peter has denied Jesus. And now when he comes to the tomb, I think things are finally starting to click. He's asking these questions. He's running to the tomb, perhaps for some, some answers. And at least for, for John, the other disciple here, called the other disciple here, it says that when he comes into the tomb, when he sees, hey, there's clothes here, but no body, that he believed. These guys are, are, are starting to get it, but and we'll talk about this in just a minute. Part of them starting to believe, starting to understand, starting to have some of their questions answered was, what they, was that they kept moving forward even to the point of running to the tomb to see where is Jesus' body? Could it be that what he said is coming true? Then the last few verses, maybe these are the most common verses in the Bible on questions and doubts, come in John chapter 20, verse 24. This is doubting Thomas, right? So this is Jesus, remember, the, the tomb is empty. The disciples don't, realize it, or yeah, actually they do right now, and, and by verse 24, all the disciples have now seen Jesus, they've now spoken with him, and Thomas is the one who hasn't experienced this yet. So how does Thomas react to that? Now Thomas, verse 24, one of the 12, called the twin, probably because he was a twin, either had a twin brother or twin sister, 
called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. So all the disciples at this point now have seen Jesus. He's come to them. He's spoken with them. Everyone except for Thomas. Maybe in some sense that's how, how you feel. Maybe part of the reason you have questions and doubts is because you're like, well, everybody else has had this experience, but, but I haven't. Everyone, everyone feels like they've, they've heard God tell them something. Or, or when they read the Bible, things seem to, to connect for them. And, and when they open it up, they feel like God is actually speaking to them. I, I need that for myself, and maybe then all my questions would be answered. In some sense, I think that that's what Thomas is saying here. I, I, I hear that you guys think that you've seen Jesus. I don't know if he thought, like, are they, are they playing a trick on me? Are they playing a prank on me? I think in his heart of hearts, he just wanted to know that it was true. And so he says, until I put my fingers in his nail-pierced hands, until I put my fingers in his side where they stuck a spear into him, until I see and feel that Jesus really is back, that he really is alive. I don't know that I can believe. So another week goes by, eight days later, and his disciples, Jesus' disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it on my side Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to them, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Thomas, in some ways, he actually does kind of end up getting what he was hoping for. Jesus appears to them. Somehow he's got this physical body, but he's able to just just go through walls, right? Kind of crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about that. And Jesus comes before the disciples and he goes to Thomas. He seems to know, obviously he knows, what Thomas was wanting, what Thomas was thinking, what he was asking for. And he says, hey, put your fingers in my hands where the nails pierced. Put your hand and feel my side where they stabbed me. This is real. And Thomas, this is one of the few moments in the Bible where we see a personal confession. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. He believes. He went from doubting to having questions, waited around for a week, probably wrestling with those. What, what, what am I to do with these? Unless I see Jesus, I'm not sure that I'm going to believe. And Jesus comes to him. And he believes. Has this moment of personal confession. So what What do we do? If these were people in the scriptures who had some wrestlings, had some doubts, had some questions, and if if we can relate to them, if 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 we know, yeah, well, I've thought some of those things too. I've I've wondered. We've had such a hard year. I've I've thought, is is any of this real? Is God really there? Is he really listening? Is he really good? Or maybe you relate to that sin struggle and you're trying to figure out why do I still struggle with this sin if Jesus has taken it away? I don't know what your, your questions, your doubts, your, your thoughts are, but I do know that there is there's, there's something that we can do with those. 
One of the things that I want you to know before we kind of give you uh, some steps or a list of things to do with your doubts is that just because you doubt, just because you have questions, doesn't mean you are out. There's many of you who are in this room who have trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When we talk about Holy Week and Easter, you're like, yes, that is what my faith is all about. And a friend, a friend said to me many years ago, just because you doubt doesn't mean you're out. Just because you doubt, just because you have questions, does not mean that you are no longer a Christian. Or that your salvation, that you becoming a Christian, was not real to begin with. Just because you doubt just doesn't mean you're out. But if you have doubts and questions, the worst thing you can possibly do is just, just sit on them and do nothing. I have many friends who had serious doubts and questions about God. And they, they told somebody, but that was pretty much the extent of it. Like, how can God be good? Or why is this sin not taken away? Or am I really forgiven? Or whatever the question was. And they just sat on it and they never did anything. And some of them have chosen to no longer show up to church. Some of them still struggle and, and wrestle with that. And every time I talk with them, I say some of the things that we're about to talk about here. What do we do with our questions? What do we do with our doubts? The worst thing you can do is sit on them. You have to go after them. You have to go after them. So here's the first thing that you should do is, is talk with God. If you've got questions and doubts, it's, it's not a bad thing to go to God, the one that you are questioning, the one that you may be doubting. God, I, I'm struggling with this. What should I do? Reveal truth to me. There's some things that we kind of have to accept. We, we may not know all of the answers to before we leave this earth. That's the reality. We're, we're humans. God is God. And so there's things that we're not going to be able to know or understand. But taking them to God, just, just like people, we're, we're reading through the Psalms in our, in our CBR journal, right? This guy, David, he, he was known for taking things before God. Some of the dirtiest, nastiest things that he had done, taking them those things before God. Wondering where God was in the midst of his troubles, having doubts, having questions. David took those things to God, and the same should be true of us. So have, have you cried out? Have you poured out? Have you taken your questions and doubts to God? That might be step one for you. Step two, I think, is, is asking others or, or telling, talking with others about the, th the questions that you're having. Hey, maybe some of your questions are around things like uh, evolution versus creation or, or, or something similar to that or wondering about, wondering about uh, the flood and, and trying to figure out like, okay, so what would the timeline have been on that? Maybe you have some, some of those type of questions. What, whatever your, your questions are, ha have you talked about them with anybody? And, and yeah, I think talk, talk with your friends, say like, hey, wh what do you think about this? I think that that's healthy. But have you asked your parents? Have you asked your small group leaders? Have you come to me or Rachel or Brentley or Matt or, or Nathan? Like, what, what might happen? You, you, might, you might find some answers to some of those questions. So talking with God, sharing it with God, talking with others, sharing it with others, and then actually looking for answers. Here's what I mean by looking for answers. Part of that is definitely talking with God, sharing it with others, but 
But there are so many smarter people out there than me, I promise you, right? There's people out there who are even smarter than Pastor Charlie and Pastor Jim, believe it or not. Although, they would be amazing resources for you guys. There's people from hundreds of years ago. Our, our faith stretches back for thousands of years now. And there, there are people who have had some of these same questions and thoughts. And so my, my, my thought here in looking for answers is that there are books you can go to. There are videos you can go to. There's whole uh, documentary series about some of the things that you may be asking. There are resources out there. In fact, we've now got a whole wall of books out there. I don't know if you saw that when you walked in, but as you leave today, just look up and to your right, and you'll see some books there. That, that some of those books may be things that you're thinking through. So this last one, looking for answers, is so go after some of those resources. One, one of my favorite YouTube channels is The Bible Project. Have you guys ever, ever seen that YouTube channel? It's amazing. And it, it not only has videos about the individual books of the Bible, but also has videos that are, are focused around some specific questions. So if you're a, a Christian in here and you've had thoughts, you've had doubts, remember, just because you, you doubt doesn't mean you're out. But it's what you do with those doubts that counts. So, so do something with them. Don't just sit on it. Talk to God. Ask others. Look for answers. And, and in the end, you may not get the answer that satisfies all things. And that, in so many ways, is, is one of the, the biggest reasons that Holy Week is key for us, is at the crux of our faith. Because in the end of your questions and your doubts, it, it, if and when you don't come up with all the answers, here's what we have to come back to is Jesus crucified, Jesus rising again, Jesus conquering sin and death. And if we've put our trust and our faith in the one who gave everything for us, then even when we don't have answers to our questions, even when we continue to struggle and wrestle through certain things in our faith or in our life, even then, coming back to that truth that Jesus really was who he said he was and he really did die on a cross 2,000 years ago and he really did rise again, that if we can believe and trust in him, then we're forever with him. Then forever our sins are forgiven, forever we are loved, no matter what we say or what we ask or what we do, his love does not end for us. It is forever, and the display of that reality is on the cross. That's where we have to return time and time again. Maybe you're, you're not a Christian in here, and lo love that you're here. I'm really thankful you're here, but maybe when you hear doubts and questions, you're like, yeah, that's why I haven't yet believed. That's why I haven't 100% put my faith and trust in Jesus because I just got doubts about the whole thing. Like, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure that any of this is true. I'm not sure that any of this is real. Maybe it's because of things your parents have said or things that your friends, some of the things that they believe. Man, if that's you, I think many of the things that, that we just talked about Christians doing with those questions and doubts ought to be true of you as well. If you don't believe yet, if you haven't yet trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
then could it be that some of the things that are holding you back are the same things that keep people trapped in their doubts and questions? You've got these thoughts, you've got these questions, and you just sit on them, and you do nothing with them, and you're like, well, I guess that just is the way it is. If you, if you are at all curious about Jesus and you haven't yet put your faith and trust in him, I'd encourage you, call out to God. Whether you believe it or not, I, I believe that he will hear that. If you're at all curious about Jesus and you haven't put your trust in him, then share that with somebody. Tell somebody that. Start a conversation about it. And if you're at all curious with Jesus or curious about Jesus and you haven't yet put your faith and trust in him, let me tell you that if if you don't go after, man, it does he is he real if you if you don't start asking if you don't start seeking i'm telling you this is the most important week in history if this really is true if jesus really did die and rise again then everything changes and it has what you believe about this is crucial is if it really did happen then it changes the way we live If it didn't, then there's no point for us to be here. And I'm telling you, 2,000 years is a long time for people to believe a lie. (laughs) Just is. For us to gather on Sunday mornings, for us to do this whole thing. So if you're somebody who hasn't trusted in Jesus, but you're curious, you want to know more, you've got questions, let's, let's go after seeking those out together. Just because you doubt doesn't mean you're out. But it's what you do with those doubts that counts. And in the end, Jesus, him crucified, him risen, he is bigger than all of our questioning, all of our doubting. He just is. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for for this week to look back to remember the life, the death, the resurrection of your son, of Jesus. God, I pray that this week we we would make space, that we would be intentional about looking back to this crucial moment of our faith. Our faith is built on Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. So help us to remember, help us to celebrate, especially next week as as we get to Easter. And God, if there are some in this room who are having some doubts, are having some questions, whether they are are a believer or, or not yet, God, I just pray that you would meet them where they are. Pray for small groups as we have talks about some of the, maybe wrestling, some of the things that are going on in our hearts. Would we be sensitive to those questions? Would we go after searching for you, searching for truth together? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.